0: Hello, and welcome to DS30. My name is Michael Cullen, your host for today. Uh, And today we're going to be talking with Vinci Sanders, uh, who is an analyst with Shipped, and he has a focus on machine learning. Um, And Vinci and I are going to talk a lot about our experience as teachers and educators and how that's informed our work as people in data practicing roles, the way we communicate with people and the way we think about the work that we do. And what that means for people who are, you know, whether you're breaking into the industry, whether you are in a data adjacent role, kind of what we can take away from that. All right, let's get right into it. All right, well, hi, Venshi, thanks for taking the time today. Appreciate you uh, stopping in, so to speak.
1: Thanks for having me. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, thanks. So we've got uh, a lot to get into today, Um, and I think probably the best thing to do uh, would just be to start with just introducing yourself, maybe talking about you know, where you are currently in current work and maybe, you know, what led you to this point?
1: Yeah. Um, hi. So I am currently working at SHIP as a data analyst focusing on our machine learning efforts. Um, before I was a math teacher. And um, in some respects, I think you can say that I probably stumbled into this space, but um, I'm finding it enjoyable.
0: You know, I have, a, I have a very similar background that I think I've Mentioned this a few times on the podcast, it's probably pretty familiar uh, to listeners at this point, perhaps. Um, but you know, in my current role uh, with Pragmatic and the Data Incubator, so I'm one of our instructors here. I teach a number of things, including a like eight week fellowship we do, kind of helping people make that leap from education to industry. Uh, my background is in stats and math, and uh, I feel in, in some ways like I've fall, I sort of maybe stumbled into industry as well, you know, finding that, wow, this very theoretical stuff, like maybe doesn't exist so much in the real world. So, um, so I, I think that's, you know, very cool. And I think it's going to give us kind of a lot we can get into. So uh, as we were kind of just chatting about before we started, um, you wanted to come in and talk about kind of this mm, sort of pipeline or just sort of this transition from teaching to tech. Um, and maybe how that's informed your current work or, you know, how that just generally is what, uh, you know, you think is maybe important in this field. Do so you want to maybe talk a little bit, little bit about that, kind of like how you bring some of those, you know, things from teaching into your current work?
1: Yeah. So um, when I first when I first started my professional career, um, I initially, little known, little known secret, I actually wanted to be a basketball coach, a college <laughs> basketball coach. And so um I thought I would just work my way into it and so I became a math teacher taught for a few years coached basketball and then um sort of transitioned out and so like while I was a math teacher I always loved applied math and so currently you probably see this like proliferation of analytics and sports and um a, a sort of basketball team like the Houston Rockets uh, shooting more threes than twos and like the Golden State Warriors, like they've really changed the game. And so like, I love applied math. And so like that sort of like gave me the idea of how can we actually use this stuff that I'm teaching the students? And I initially tried finance. And um, yeah, so I worked at a fintech um, in Nashville, and found my way to Shift. And so, like some of the cool things about teaching that I thought were sort of like help that helped me transition were like the communication skills, um, understanding like hey, some of some of the methods I think we get caught up in um, like wanting to implement something cutting edge, but actually something more simpler is generally probably more useful and more easier to deploy or
0: implement. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, And I think there's, there's something really uh, poignant in that example of sports analytics. Right. Yeah. Um, So, you know, you gave a, a metric or statistics now, like you said, shooting more threes than twos. Uh, You don't need, you know, you don't need a neural network to tell you that. You need to know what to write down, um, and you need to ask. You need to ask the right questions, right? I mean, when people talk about, you know, as a statistician, people always love to ask me, "Oh, you must love baseball. Oh, have you seen Moneyball? It's crazy." And <laughs> what's really exciting about about that field, I guess no pun intended, is that um, you know it it was really about finding finding those indices, finding those numbers that actually had to do with something real and something that mattered. And, you know, there's something very human to that. Um, and it's a different side of applying math than right. throwing something really technical at it. I was saying, do you, is this something that you see, you know, maybe in your current work, or maybe that you didn't see as much in your previous role, maybe and that kind of led you to shift? Even as a math teacher, as let's say a pre-service math student,
1: and maybe you had it, maybe as a statistician or statistics student, you might add a slightly different experience. And so like what I found, um, kind of lacking or dissatisfactory with me were just an emphasis on being like super, super technical. Um, and I, I think that matters. And I think like doing math proofs and that sort of deal is very, very important, no, no doubt. But I think understanding more so like, hey, how can I use these, these sort of methods and tools in reality, can probably um, lead to an increase in popularity of the space and even better understanding. Okay, so take for example, um, what we do at SHIP. We deliver groceries and things from department stores, but like, are we really trying to like build a car that drives itself? No. So like, what some of the, what are some of the things that I've done to sort of understand our needs um, for business is I've actually gone out and did some shopping. So I've done, I've maybe delivered 60 plus-ish orders um, over my tenure at SHIP. And so I've, I've gone around San Francisco, um, not supposed to do it, but skateboarding and delivering orders. And um, I've, I've used those experiences to inform my work.
0: And, you know, as a teacher, you kind of have to be a student or at least at one point, as a coach, you would have had to be, you know, like you would have been a player, you have to understand the game from the inside. Um, And that's very different from simply looking at every possible number you ever could have written down, and trying to find some, you know, pattern in there that's devoid of context. Um, So it's really cool to hear that you've, you know, you're you're doing that in your current work in a very uh, direct, I mean, a a very literal way. you want to talk a little bit more about how that's impacted you or what you found when you were, you know, working as a shopper?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, as a shopper, uh, I want to say like some of the things that I found a bit aggravating were like just not understanding the task. And so, um, especially, um, in like busy, busier metros. And, and so like, if you uh, what, live in New York currently. So like when you go shopping, um, probably some of the things you care about is like, how fast can I get out? Um, in a big city, that's probably like a huge, huge thing. Like you don't wanna spend hours in there. And so that's one thing that Ship does that's really cool is that it saves our members time. But on the opposite side, like as a shopper, you really wanna know like how many items are in my order um, that I'm, I'm getting from my member. is there like produce? Do I need to speak to somebody? Maybe that's a concern for you. Um, And like, where are these things located in stores? Where are these items, these actual items located in the store? And so like in SF, um, you know, we, maybe I'll go into an unfamiliar target. And so, you know, like the anxiety of just the unfamiliar um, makes the, can make the job a hard thing to do. And so, when I went out as a shopper, um, I looked for those pain points, and I came back uh, the next day. Had a meeting with my boss and said, "Hey, like we need to tell the shoppers what's in this order. Um, maybe we need to surface a, l- a few more details. Maybe we need to add a map um, so that they can know where to look, um, as well as like maybe some drive time and additional like sort of metadata to make the process easier."
0: Got it. And I could imagine that the time to, you know, get in and out of the store probably has been a big metric for shipped for a long time, but uh, you might not know the right way to help somebody with that. If you haven't been, uh, if you, if you haven't gone through that struggle, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, I I remember our founder saying he, he started the company um, because he, he had like kids and, um, it was a struggle for him to get in the store, and so <laughs> with his kids, and so like he, it's like, how can I solve this problem? And and sometimes it's something, maybe as like sort of math or semi, I, I, I view myself as quasi quantitative. <laughs> um, um, we we like focus in on like, oh well, this is really cool math that I heard about. I heard about a decision tree. Well, okay, what is the problem actually that you're trying to solve, like? <laughs>
0: right exactly um you know that this is something i see and i see it kind of from both sides of the aisle people get really excited about these really hyped technologies uh so you know in this fellowship that i teach um the the students the the fellows they complete a capstone project independently led industry-based like they try to solve a real problem with data science and i can't tell you how often someone comes in and they say well, I'm gonna use deep learning to do this. Oh my And I'm like okay, well, why? And they say, well, because it's you got. It. it's the best. And you know I'm saying, okay, well, you know it's important to remember that these things are difficult to do. <laughs> like yeah. it, it's hard to do deep learning. It's hard to deploy it even to get the model working. And you know are we sure it's better than uh, like you said earlier, is, is this gonna be better than linear regression? Is this better than just splitting somebody up into two groups and saying, hey, this group is maybe doing better than this one. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's much better to make sure we're writing down the right numbers, that we're giving people information or decisions that actually matter, that we're, you know, finding out the questions we should be asking. And I I think there's something very poignant, you know, again, in in your shopping example, like you said, maybe we need a map of this store. And I could imagine that's very different from, hey, this thing is in aisle seven, (laughs) you know? But maybe you're in Phoenix, where I'm from, and aisle seven is like half a mile long. (laughs) Whoa, okay. You know, I mean, this is huge, big box stores. And, you know, maybe a number like that's not doing that much for you. Where is it in the aisle? Is it, you know, what does it look like? Might be meaningful too. Um, Maybe giving somebody a list that's in an order that makes sense instead of 20 bullet points Randomly thrown in or alphabetized, maybe. Tell you what, I'm very bad at making grocery lists, and I end up doing laps and I get flustered. And if you've got any tips for me, that'd probably be great. But (laughs) I I think this stuff really matters. It's you know, you don't understand what someone needs if you haven't been there before.
1: Right, right. And so if you if you took or take a look at the article I wrote about um, the minimum time to shop, um, really the model that I used wasn't any sort of advanced model. Like we we care about traversing the store and mapping it, but really when understanding, when I looked at the problem, like, hey, we want to predict shop times. Okay, well really, what does it mean to actually shop? Okay, so then um, as you go through the article, you know, I, I, I developed what I called the grocery shopping axioms and theory. <laughs> And so, you know, it starts off like, well, what is an order? So, an order has at least one product or one item. Okay. Kind of like Euclid's Elements, right? You get, you start very basic. Um, so, okay, cool. We've got one order, we've got one item, at least one item. And then, shop times are all positive real numbers. Now, that makes sense intuitively, but stating it and putting it out there actually really like sort of grounds the problem in sort of a realistic context. And so now you can, we, I didn't go back to my database and you'll you'll see if you check out the article there's a nice distribution. And we see that some orders had negative times, some orders had no times. And, uh, and so like you, you can sort of see like with technology, some things in reality can be violated and so like understanding, you know, like those pain points in your data, um, being able to tease those out, that's really data science to me. And it's not necessarily just, wow, did I, did I deploy a uh, recurrent neural net or something, <laughs> something right,
0: complicated, right. something really, really complex. Like, and like, yeah, that, that approach you took, it's, it's very applied in the sense that it's applying to the actual problem it's very abstract and theoretical in the sense that you said, well, an order has a thing in it and a time is a, it's a number. And it seems like these things are at odds with each other until you, I think realize that the applied isn't just mechanical the abstract isn't just, you know, locked away in ivory tower academia world. It's how you think about things. And I could imagine from there, you can say, okay, well, if we have one thing, what takes time? Well, going through the line, Finding that thing, if we have two things, what takes time? Well, going from one point A to point B, I guess, but maybe what order are you doing in? How you organize things. And I could imagine a lot of that comes from those actions,
1: perhaps. Yeah, yeah. So we, so we, uh, um, when working on the project, we, I, I work with my boss and I'm like, all right, so like I've, I've really spent a lot of time just thinking about what is the actual task. I went out there, I shopped, I actually did the work. And these are some of the things that I noticed, like, hey, um, the more when I do a smaller order, sometimes I can get through this faster. And so that's like axiom three. Like Mm -hmm. as the as the number of items in an order increases, we expect the time to increase. Mm
0: -hmm. That seems
1: kind of like trivial. It's actually (laughs) non-trivial. It's actually a very non-trivial notion. Um, and, And likewise, when I was a teacher, I actually found like using the text like just unsatisfactory. Um, I I really wanted my students to know like, Hey, we're using these things. I'm showing you, you can actually use them to make better decisions.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And um, that to me is what's cool about that.
0: Absolutely. A method. And, you know, that kind of combining the two sides of it, it's, it's like saying, you know, I'm not just going to tell you exactly how to, I don't know, price something. I'm not going to tell you exactly how to calculate a budget. I'm going to tell you, tell you, here's what you can use. And well, why does it matter? What do you need to worry about? And I think that's, you know, that's huge in this field. Um, And I I think that comes, you know, a lot from, I think experience in teaching really informs that. And also just, you know, that again, I mean, I'm going to probably keep circling back to this, but at the end of the day, it's important to keep in mind, I think, you know, teaching is a helping profession. Realistically, so much of what we do in, you know, analytics and data science and what have you, it boils down still to a helping profession, thinking about how you serve somebody's needs. Right, and that's that's exactly um,
1: a focus of mine and I, and I hope uh, of other data, data professionals as well, like staying um, close to the data, but also understanding um, that it's not just about the data, it's about people. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Maybe that's sometimes, but it, it's actually about people,
0: <laughs> right? At least I hope. <laughs> so we've got kind of a few big ideas floating around here. On the one hand, we want to keep it simple. We don't want to go straight for the the really cool technical stuff. Uh, maybe axiom two, if we're going to play this game, um, that we want to. <laughs> keep it real i guess we want to we want to drill back into what actually happens what's actually generating these things not starting with just what we've already you know again written down perhaps uh i mean anything else Does anything else kind of jump out at you you know what do we need to keep in mind when we're doing this kind of work um how we talk to people how we maybe get things you know done better or faster or just
1: yeah yeah so i think um you know, like when I, when I initially transitioned some of the, some of the, like knowing how to read the market or like the signals the market is giving you. So like normally in a job description or something, you would see, um, skills such as SQL, maybe a a scripting language like R or Python, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a user, um, or practitioner in, in the data world, um, I use a lot of SQL. I use a lot of I use less R slash Python, but a lot of SQL. And so again, I think like, yeah, knowing, knowing a more advanced tool is, is dope. It's super, super awesome. But when you're first starting out, again, keep it simple. Um, I've actually found like, like using or leveraging just SQL alone can get you very, very far. And, um, you know, even within my article, most of the... The underlying logic or code for it was like Markdown, which is a very simple text editing language. Um, And a lot of it was SQL and very little of it was R. And so, you know, you can build high quality, you can do high quality work using just very, very
0: simple tools. Yeah. It's it's actually quite amazing. (laughs) It is, you know, um, I've looked a lot at, um, you know, job applications for data analyst and data scientist positions. I mean, it's sort of, you know, it's, it's part of what we do We're training people for these jobs. We need to know what they need to know. Um, and at, at, you know, every step of the way or every level or every job title here, SQL is, you have to know it pretty much. You have to know how to do it and why you want to do it. Um, and it's an old, it, it's pretty old tool. It's, it's not cutting edge by any means. I and mean, you have cutting edge services, I guess, that are you know, better for larger data sets. They're they're faster, they're easier, what have you, but it's you know, it's structured data, it's tables. It's not that exciting to a lot of people, but you're absolutely right, that it's really central, you know, and and, and I, I think that idea proliferates like across the work we do and across probably any field, right?
1: Yeah, I think um again, just going back and I I feel like we're, we're sort of like preaching to each other, (laughs) Um, but going back, like really, you know, like when I, when I first started at Shipped, hey, I I took a a SQL test Mm -hmm. and I think like um, every interview I've had involves like, can you extract some information from our database? Like foundational skill. So like really understanding if you want to break in, if you want to transition, not just from education or um, any other sort of sector of the economy, um, like really focusing on just your fundamentals and, um, you know, like saving the ML, maybe saving that for later, but hey, you can get a lot, very far taking an average, <laughs> um, taking a weighted average, understanding like moderate level statistics that are taught in like undergraduate courses, um, and like how can you, um, deploy those methods or leverage those methods and within just SQL. <laughs> and, you know, I told someone um, at my, at my current job, that's a colleague, like, Hey, you want to learn R or Python, take what you know in SQL and implement it in that. Mm-hmm. Like just, and that'll teach you sort of the benefits of why, like, Hey, why is dplyr super cool or super useful in this context? And maybe SQL is easier in that. And that to me, um, just really focusing on your fundamentals is really, really a key thing. You don't have to get very advanced; just keep it simple.
0: Totally, and you know, with respect to like how we put that into practice, you know, how someone who is again looking to break into this field, you know, where would you where would you want to direct somebody? You know, where where should someone go to start doing SQL to start learning how to do it, how to think about it? you know, were there any resources that you found helpful or experiences you found helpful?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I feel like I'm about to plug someone else's product. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, very hesitant to do that, but I I really, I really, really love the O'Reilly stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I don't know if you've ever used their content. Um, yeah. So I love their stuff. I love Coursera stuff. Um, you know, after you've, after you've you've leveraged and extracted everything you can out of O'Reilly sequel books, um, um, going to Coursera, maybe like taking like N-Dreams course is super super popular. Um, that'll that's a way to get started in ML. Um, but yeah, I think like just leveraging like I think you could get up to speed in sequel in like a week mm-hmm. if, if you're really aggressive. Now. I think like there's a difference between being up to speed and being like super proficient, that might take you a month or two because you gotta keep doing the work and like get your get some practice in. But I think like, yeah, just get a nice get an awesome book, read it, try to do something, find a cool data set, try to leverage that tool on those cool data sets and then um, go from there.
0: Yeah, totally. One thing you mentioned there as well is that the best source is actually to use a wide range of sources, I guess, which is a sort of, you know, I'm kind of escaping the question myself now. Um, But seeing all these different contexts, right? Hey, I learned that over there. That's why I did that? Wait, I'm circling back to step one again. That's And even in, you know, it was my experience, like, studying math. This happened over and over again. I was like, wait, that's, like, what a fraction is? You know, that's (laughs) that's what a rational number is. That's what linearity is. And these are very you know abstract ideas, but you know, or wait, that's what that's why linear regression is good. That's what sum squared error is. That's what R squared is. Wait, you can generalize like all these kinds of things. The more times you see the fundamentals, more different contexts, the more those you know those synapses start firing. You make those connections. Um, right, right, and I think um, for me, again, like uh,
1: like when I was a math teacher. Um, trying to connect those things to for the students because sometimes it's kind of like oh why am I using Pythagorean theorem <laughs> why why are we learning these things and I'm like yo like this is uh, this is really really interesting stuff like how how could I leverage these math tools to make a financial decision mm-hmm. uh, to make a better financial decision and it's it's not you know like uh, if you read the article. It's not the most technical article. It's not the quote, um, maybe it's not like a jazzy method, but it's practical and it sets, we used it to sort of set a, a lore bound and like to inform our decision for a more advanced method. Absolutely. So like that, that's kind of to me, one of the coolest things about the piece in, in some of the work that we we do in
0: data. Right, right. It's just, you know, it's it's just so important to always come back to like those those fundamentals, those first things, those best practices. It's like why, you know, you never stop doing layup drills. (laughs) You You have to keep working it. Uh, I've done this a million times, but you might do it better. You might learn something new. Um, And that's, you know, that applies to everybody, right? You want to be a lifelong student, wherever you are in your path. Well, I tell you what, then, we're coming up on 30 minutes here. That's 30 in DS30. Um, Maybe let's let's see if we can kind of recap what we've been through, kind of, you know, take away for our our audience. We have a lot of people who are, again, looking to break into the industry or maybe work in data science adjacent roles. Um, So I think we went through a few things, right? We talked about keeping it simple and how that's not always easy, but it's a big deal. We talked about, you know, relating stuff to the real underlying kind of phenomena that we care about bring out what we care about. We talked about, you know, kind of at the end learning from multiple sources, finding those connections and when we find those connections sort of collaborate, we think more deeply. Um, Aside from that, any kind of last send offs or takeaways you'd like to leave everybody with?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, for one, I think, uh, If you're a teacher, shout out—you're doing killer work right now. (laughs) Um, um, I understand the polite; been there. Um, I think if you're breaking into the space again, just just really focusing on your fundamentals, understanding like what is what is the problem you're trying to solve, who is your customer. Um, You know, at Shipped, I went out actually. I still do it. I still go shopping. Um, I I try to stay close to um, the actual like maybe first principles of the problem. Like, what does it mean actually shop? Well, keep going shopping. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, making sure you really, really understand your customer's needs, whether that's um, internally for your boss or externally for like a member or a client or um, um, a party that, that you're attempting to do work for. Um, mm-hmm. Just really knowing them and caring
0: Wonderful, I really couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, I'll second that uh, shout out to uh, all of our teachers and educators out there. Uh, all right, well, thanks so much, Vinci. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been great talking to you. Um, once again, you know, we're gonna link the article that you mentioned um, in the description and uh, people can you know follow up on that and read about uh, the really cool work you have done with SHIFT. Uh, so uh, yeah, that wraps it up. Thanks again.